Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It's your host, James. And I am back with another quarantine edition episode, which <clears throat> slowly but surely will get away from, you know, these uh these more reclusive uh forms of, of podcasting, but you know, there's there's still a lot that in society we have to just make sure to take care of. I'm <clears throat> I'm actually watching as a lot of um department stores, a lot of restaurants, just a lot of general grouping places are opening up again. Some places are still staying closed, but um, you know, I can definitely see the effort is being made and it's it's crazy to me because I'm more scared that things are opening back up than I am relieved, you know? And I think <clears throat> where where I'm hesitant is because I look at it like this as far as like the whole pandemic. Okay, so there's there's this pandemic that's pretty much uh, you know, tossing the world upside down. And we've all scurried and crawled into our holes and, you know, we're waiting for, <clears throat> you know, things to kind of pan out. And I got to admit, you know, I've, I've had, I, I've, I've had the height of my, <clears throat> you know, my emotions as far as like being scared and whatever, like all that stuff is beyond me. And I don't, <clears throat> I don't think I've, I've been as scared as I was maybe a couple of months ago, but considering that like you know like i said stores are opening and stuff but we still haven't come to the point where you know um you know the news is saying something like oh you know researchers are this much closer to a vaccine or or you know whatever <clears throat> you know it just it just leaves that huge room for error at least i think so um you know i, I know a lot of people don't even believe that COVID-19 is real. I absolutely do. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to play the idiot, um, you know, and go out and do things without, you know, w without caution in my, in myself and then end up paying an ultimate price. You know what I mean? Um, but we'll see, you know, I, I, I think for me personally, I'm just going to stay vigilant. I'm going to stay observant. And I'll just see how the world reacts. You know, um, big crowds are not going to make me stop taking off my mask. You know, if, if 100 people want to gather and take off their mask, okay, that's great. But I'm still going to wear mine. <clears throat> and I'll do so until, you know, I am, you know, firmly in a stance that, you know, we're we're okay. But I haven't reached that point yet. So, but, um. You know, it's it's crazy because, you know, with some things opening and some things staying closed, it's like, <clears throat> you know, I'm wondering about some of the smaller places like GameStop, which, you know, they closed immediately um, around the time when the pandemic was at its height. And, you know, when, when things started to kind of swing back, you know, towards normal, I mean, they had a few stores that were open, but you know, nothing so substantial where, where, you know, like I could say, okay, I know that <clears throat> this store 
you know, I can go to this store and, and I know it's going to be open for sure. I can go over here. It's like, no, you got to research, <laughs> you know, you got to find out whether uh, game stores is open. But what's, what's funny is that like I care in the amount of making things go back to normal, but I don't really care for myself because I don't, you know, I don't really go to GameStop anyway. Um, I don't even really buy physical games, you know, any kind of physical games. I, I really don't. Uh, it's it's really rare that I go out and get a physical game. But with that said, it's going to be a really weird Friday because one of the biggest games to ever release, the one of the most highly anticipated games um, in The Last of Us 2 is releasing on Friday on the 19th. And that's going to be huge. Um, but what is what exactly is it going to say for gamers who um, are going to look to <clears throat> find that game, you know, find the accessibility of, of purchasing that game? Where are they going to go? You know, because I've already gone out to try to make, you know, like Best Buy the next store that I would go to if, you know, a GameStop wasn't open. But I'm sorry, <clears throat> I don't enjoy standing in lines of you know 150 to 200 people um who are who have every right to you know uh carouse and and browse in stores you know there there's no way that you can open a department store and then tell people just grab what you need and go it's just not going to happen people are going to go in there they're going to shop they're going to look around and doing that with the air of caution it just, man, it, it just makes everything weird. It's super weird. I mean, even going to Target is weird. <laughs> and and it's weird. It's weirder for me because I'm one of those people that, and, and I know that, you know, this is not a quality that people have to have, but it's just one that's in myself. I'm the kind of person that when I go to a store, I know exactly what I'm going for. I grab exactly what I'm getting and I get out. That's just it. I don't play around in the store. I don't, you know, um, you know, I don't browse around and, and look at, you know, this and that. It's like usually when I go into a store, I'm already well researched on what it is I'm going for. Nothing can really surprise me. I already know what what releases are happening, what movies are out, what music is out. I know, you know, pretty much what I need to know. I think the only thing that could ever trip me up is if. <clears throat> if I go for something and something is sold out. But, you know, again, that's just a matter of researching and, you know, knowing where to go when, when situations like that happen. But, man, it's going to be weird. I mean, we got a few days left, and I'm assuming the hot spots for people is going to be Target, Best Buy, <clears throat> Walmart, um, or for a lot of people who, you know, who uh, do internet shopping as a norm i mean people might just be doing amazon there might be people who are uh getting their copies maybe tomorrow or the next day and you know be just fine so <clears throat> you know i mean we'll we'll see but i but i definitely i definitely recognize now I, i'll i'll tell you this as well and and this is something that it's not a secret i don't try to hide it from people i'm i'm extremely you know open when i tell people <clears throat> about my feeling with this particular uh game i don't care for the last of us as a series i don't care for it never 
<clears throat> I may have attempted the first one and it just didn't resonate with me. Just nothing fun about it. I just didn't enjoy it. And as I've come to watch them develop the second uh, entry into into the series, I mean, nothing stuck out to me where it said, you know what, I have to play this. You know, I mean, and I know a lot of people who feel like, you know, this is a series you just can't miss. It's like one of those things where people say, if you know, if you die tomorrow, you have to have played this game. And I, you know what? You know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just going to really be missing out because I am in no rush to play The Last of Us 1. Uh, I'm not in any rush to go out and play uh, uh, The Last of Us 2. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I can't even really put my finger on why I don't enjoy it. I mean, but, you know, that's just a part of being a gamer. I mean, there's just some things that don't resonate with your character or you know, or, um, your interest and that's okay. So uh, this is one of those. So, you know, you guys have fun for me. I'll watch you guys rant and rave about it and, and it's awesomeness and, you know, it should be, should be pretty fun. Um, but you know what, w one of the things that I am excited for, um, when things start to get to no get to normal, um, is getting back to the movies. Cause the movies is the movies has always been like a huge thing for me, because um, I don't really do much in my own life, um, you know, short of checking out new restaurants, hanging out with pals, going to bars, stuff like that. But you know, in the off time, I'm a person that I prefer to see movies by myself, and and the reason I the re now and I gotta get I got a good reason why. I prefer to see movies by myself because I can't stand um, I can't stand the reactions of other people. And 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 it and it sounds stupid. And I know it sounds stupid. But what I <laughs> what I mean is like okay, so like let me just give you a perfect example. I have a friend who we used to go to the movies all the time and his part of enjoying a movie is cracking a joke in between the dialogue of said movies. So it's like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and listen to you crack a joke every five seconds about the dialogue. And, you know, like I have to literally look at you and tell you to be quiet. Like I came in here with you, dude. Like you got to stop. So, you know, or I have a friend who I, I um, and he'll know who he'll know who he is when he hears this. You know, like I got a friend who, <clears throat> for all intents and purposes, I feel like he he never he's never totally satisfied with anything. So you could walk out of a movie and I could be totally hype about something and I could be like, oh, my goodness, that was the most amazing uh, movie I've ever seen. And he'll just look at you and eh, it was all right. And that and that burns that burns me up, and it's just like you know what? I'd much rather go <laughs> to a movie, see it myself, and be high on how awesome I felt it was, than to have somebody kind of, uh, you know, neglect my my high tide on, on you know my high tide as far as like the wave I'm riding. Cause, cause man, like when when I like something, I really do, and you know, yeah, somebody can totally take you out of that if they if they're not on the same page. But you know, uh, it's just it's just situations. But one of the situations that um, is going in a more positive light and uh, a movie that I'm really interested in seeing is The Batman. So 
uh, for those of you who don't know, Robert Pattinson, um, he's going to star. At, he's going to be the Batman in the new iteration of the Batman DC uh, universe, uh, taking over. Not not well, not necessarily taking over for Ben Affleck, but he's just basically going to be the next <clears throat> the next step as far as you know uh, the different you know, tones and the different approaches that people have been putting towards Batman as a character. And I think this Batman is going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really just, I like, I can't, I think what, what I'm so interested in is I can't really pin down this Batman and say, he reminds me of these comics or this point or period, uh, you know, in the books. Like I can't, I, I, I just really want to be able to, you know, see him in fluid action and then just take it in as as it's being played out in front of me. And I'm excited for that because it was really easy to look at Ben Affleck and say, oh, that's, uh, you know, that's totally the Dark Knight Returns. Like, that's totally it. You know, he's older, more gruff. He's bigger. You know, it's just, you know, his his bat, uh, <clears throat> you know, his bat icon on his chest is bigger. It's just like, dude, you, you look like, <laughs> you look like, uh, Batman in the Dark Knight Returns. Um, but, I mean, it should be interesting. And what's crazy is that, you know, with everything that's been going on in the world, with, like, the COVID-19 and stuff, like, they've had to stop <clears throat> filming the Batman because the Batman was originally slated to come out in June of 2021. And because of all the COVID-19 stuff, um, which they have resumed filming, so that's really cool. Um, <clears throat> they've pushed it back to October, to the beginning of October. So, um, I'm actually not too upset about that. I mean, I love a good summer blockbuster, but I feel like Batman as such a dark hero just fits that mold for a good fall film. And I'm, I'm excited for it to come out October 1st, 2021. Uh, it might it it might suffer another pushback. Who knows? But you know, it, it is what it is at that point. And I I could I could stand it. I mean, it was already going to be next year, so none of these uh none of these delays really affected me to the to the point where I just felt like I was being slighted. I mean, it is what it is. And of course, you know, with <clears throat> like I said, with the pandemic, it's really nothing you could you, nothing could help that. Um, but I was reading up on some news and. I don't know how I feel about this, but I read up on, uh, you know, a particular article that said that <clears throat> they're going to have um, they're going to introduce a new uh, Joker. And, <clears throat> you know, it's I think I think I'm at a point of oversaturation. Um, you know, there's there's been so much hub flub about, you know, Jack Nicholson and how Heath Ledger took the helm and his was so different. And then uh, Jared Leto and how he just screwed it all up. And then Joaquin Phoenix came and, you know, did his his awesome, you know, interpretation. And it's just like I don't really I don't really feel like like, yeah, I want to know how this new Batman is going to be projected. But I'm just I, I'm I'm just over all these new interpretations of of uh, of Joker. You know, because I and I and the reason why I think is because I I feel like everybody who gets into the Joker role for some 
reason or another, it seems like they have uh, an unwanted amount of pressure. And, you know, there, there, there has to be a lot of things aligned for that pressure to just really be negated. So, you know, whoever takes on that role, it's like, you know, how how effective are they going to be in pushing away from everyone's expectations? Because I do feel that roles should fall in the, in, in, you know, in the interpretation of the person playing it. You know, how does this person feel about being the Joker? How will they project in their own character how to, you know, put out, you know, the, the madness that is the Joker? But, I mean, again, it's just a question that we've been asking ourselves over and over and over. And it's just going to be the same topic. Oh, this person... They'll never do it as good as Heath, but they'll do it better than Jared. Nobody can top Jack, but, you know, you can never be as crazy as Joaquin. And, uh, you know, it's I, I just don't I just don't want to I don't want another conversation. But, you know, and and then it's like it's opening up opening up a can of worms because I'm trying to figure out how is all this going to gel? And I think that's I think that's one of the things that D.C., kind of shot themselves in the foot over is that they don't really have a cohesive um story arc you know they don't have anything that really branches to the different properties you know effectively and efficiently because obviously this interpretation of batman is not going to be the same and you know you you already have the you know, the news that Henry Cavill is returning as Superman. And, you know, of course, when you think about, you know, like it it goes in tandem. When you think about Superman, you think about Batman. So would there be a a point to having Henry Cavill meet, you know, the, uh, you know, Robert Pattinson's uh, version of Batman? I mean, would they, would they try to tell that story through, a comic arc, you know, kind of like Infinity Crisis, I mean, or Infinite Crisis, I say Infinity, but Infinite Crisis, um, you know, like, how 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 do you play that? You know, and I, I don't know, like, I just, I, I really feel like they, you definitely want to see them move forward, you definitely want to see them tackle these different projects, but I really feel that they've spent a lot of time rehashing a lot of their ideas as opposed to tackling some of the bigger things that we as fans have been clamoring for, you know, like we're still waiting on a really good Green Lantern film, which they could do. I mean, I'm pretty sure they could make a really good Green Lantern film. Um, But how long would we have to wait? So I don't know. You know, it's all in the air, but I'm, you know, I definitely plan on going to see the Batman uh, next year. It's going to be a huge film. I can't, I just really can't wait until they drop their first trailer because I feel like, I feel like the trailers for this uh, inter th- this version of Batman is going to be just as uh, pointed as the trailers were for like the Dark Knight, you know, Christopher Nolan's version of Batman. I don't. I think it's going to usurp Batman Begins and get right to the Dark Knight. I think the, I I do think it's going to be a really strong film. I think they're going to hit the ground running, and if everybody just does what they need to do then we're gonna get a really good batman so there it is um 
so outside of that, um, you know, I haven't been playing many video games as of late. Um, just been really, really busy. But one of the things, so I know a couple episodes back, um, or actually just an episode back, we talked about the PlayStation 5 and, <clears throat> you know, the reaction to that. And, you know, like one of the one of the important things, you know, within that entire reveal is that they never said anything about a price. So that was the big, huge thing. And it's kind of I mean, it's not too surprising because the thing is, is that, you know, for a you know, for a developer like Sony, you don't want to put all of your eggs in, in one basket because then that gives your competition uh, a level to kind of uh, counter what what it is you're doing because if what you do doesn't look as good or as tempting in in the public eye, then it's easier for them to say, okay, let's not do that. Let's just turn it. Okay, we were going to do something like that, but let's just turn it all around and actually do it right. But you know what's really cool is that with Sony, I don't really think that there's anything that they've done with in the release of the information of the PlayStation 5, I think that everything so far has just been up and up. Now, I've seen a lot of people, you know, with their photoshops on the system and, you know, some people, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anybody say the system just looks bad. Like, I haven't seen anybody say it just straight up looks bad. Um, but I have seen people, um, you know, do photoshops, you know, with, uh, with a black scheme as opposed to the white, which I think is a little more attractive. And I'm pretty sure that somewhere down the line, they're going to do that version. Uh, somebody uh, had a really nice render that was uh, more reminiscent of the original PlayStation. And but it was like a dark smoke gray and it had the PlayStation <clears throat> insignia on the top. And it was just really cool looking. And I fell in love with that when I said, man, I wish they were making that version right there. Um, but again, we're all wishing upon a star. We're all wanting and we don't have any information on price until now. So supposedly and, you know, you could take this with a grain of salt. Uh, there was a leak on Amazon. I believe it was uh, Amazon in Europe that had the prices leaked for the PlayStation 5. And I think it's kind of cool uh, for what I assume is the truth, but again, grain of salt. Um, so $4.99 is going to be for the general model, the disc-based model, and then $3.99 will be for the digital iteration of the system. I think that's more than fair for a new console for a new generation uh console i think that's beyond fair and if that if that gets confirmed to be the price moving forward i think this is going to be an absolute just it's going to be such a chaotic holiday season because you know i <laughs> i i mean honestly i i I was expecting 600, 600. I was expecting that the disc version will be 600 and that the digital version will be five. 
but again if it's if it's on the cheaper side then you know 100 less for for each one of the the iterations 499 and 399 i can't complain you know i can only just get my money ready and as soon as pre-orders open up i gotta grab mine i have to this is definitely a day one system for me um there really isn't even an argument there really isn't even a reason to believe that i would have to make a choice like i've seen what the series x so far i mean i'm pretty sure that they're going to put out more information and try to put out more trailers and and you know give more from the gameplay perspective because i've said this before on social media and i'll say it again the the one avenue where i feel like xbox really messed up was by putting all the, now what they did with theirs is they released their information for their system but it was all about how powerful the system was it was testimonials and stuff and it didn't say anything about the games you know what i mean and then playstation comes out or sony comes out and it's all about the games it's 110 percent about the games you know and th and and what they showed was less about the obvious and more about the whoa i i didn't expect that i mean who would have expected another a new spider-man game like this soon like this soon like that that was amazing new ratchet and clank you know like they they really they really hit it out the park with that and that's why i think that regardless of what they do say um when it comes to price i think it's going to be more than fair for a lot of people i don't think anybody's going to have um a problem paying 4.99 uh, or three ninety nine. Now, <laughs> what's really what's really crazy is looking online and observing that you know the consensus of what version is going to sell better, and you know like I, it it really cracks me up that people really have to make everything a competition and break everything down in this kind of combative nature. But look, to each his own. Everybody's going to get what they want. Like I said when I first talked about it uh, in my reaction they they're they are they are accommodating to every fan in every which way even with the games i mean they had games that were for younger crowds games for mature crowds they had sports titles they had adventure titles they had silly titles they had all kinds of stuff because they wanted you to know that you are included as a gamer and that's just cool and and again we're going to get that same feeling and that same choice when we consider that as a, as a choice, I will say I either want to have disc or not. And for me, I think this is perfect. I mean, I've said it on the last show. I'm grabbing the digital, uh, <clears throat> the digital system, not only because, you know, I'm more of a digital medium player, but it's going to be cheaper. It's going to be a hundred dollars cheaper. Why would I not? You know, I only feel bad for the people who, may want the optical disc system and may be relegated to buying uh the the digital system or there could be a total <clears throat> maybe it goes different maybe you know they make an abundance of the disc system and the digital system is completely hard to find that would be nuts for me because i really do have my mind set on getting that digital version like that is like something that i am not gonna shake it's not gonna 
come down to me standing in an aisle and which one am I going to grab? Like, I know for certain that I just want the digital version, period, point blank. No, no discussion. <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, it is what it is. And again, I don't knock anybody for still playing disc. I got a lot of friends through social media who, you know, <clears throat> a lot of their livelihood is based on collecting games. And I think it's awesome that people can, you know, basically grab a system and say, I'm going to grab every single game that this that has ever been created for the system and do it. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Um, But yeah, I digress. So in closing, I wanted to talk about something else because I was I was going back and forth with a few situations and topics. And one of the things that I felt like I wanted to do uh, that was a little bit fun for me was getting social media kind of involved in <clears throat> getting getting social media involved in my podcast episodes because yeah I enjoy being on social media like I enjoy being on Twitter I'm always on Twitter uh, if you're on Twitter you can catch me at more ta podcast that's at more ta podcast so hit me up there and you can discuss stuff with me um, one of the questions that I asked today. <clears throat> was what is the scariest game that you have ever played? So I had an abundance of uh, answers. I'm gonna go through them, um, and I'm gonna make you know maybe maybe you're listening and maybe you might tell yourself, oh that game doesn't that game isn't that scary, or you might say, yeah I think I have a problem with that game. <laughs> but you know you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of different stuff. So let's go let's go with it. So. Um, Lil Al or uh his his uh tag is OMG not super shad said that Outlast VR games could definitely top but that's the reason I don't play them. So he chose Outlast. Um <laughs> uh WTF Famicom, a gaming podcast, um said that the scariest game he's ever played or they have ever played is Mortal Kombat Special Forces. I absolutely agree. Um, <laughs> um, Scribble Quotes, uh, who goes by his tag, uh, Wordtopia, said Snatcher. And he added, there's a moment that terrified me worse than any current horror game. All that have played it knows that scene. I'm kind of interested. Never played Snatcher, so I don't know. Um, okay, so we got uh, The Man called heck with his uh handle heckle mode and he said silent hill the first one i played it alone in my 108 year old house and got weirded out enough to leave and go downtown for a while seems pretty scary sunspot whose uh handle is eddie 77 uh said alien what's his name and i figured he was talking about uh alien isolation um which I haven't played that game, but I've seen it being played uh, online and it does look, you know, pretty, pretty scary. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't fancy running around uh, a ship. <laughs> I don't fancy running around a ship hiding from an alien only to be, you know, bitten in the face and have my brain, you know, sucked out by metal teeth. So, yeah, no. <laughs> um, let's see. Um Travis and Mike uh, from Rainbow Road Podcast 
where their handle is Rainbow Road Pod, uh, said that the scariest game they ever played was Spec Ops The Line, confronting why I had been mindlessly playing modern warfare shooters was a chilling experience, mindlessly mowing down enemies to feel like a hero, especially brown-skinned ones. Hmm. It's very observant. So, yeah. Um, Nick of the Living Dead, whose handle is NickShaw88, said that uh, what what remains of Edith Fitch, I gave up when I presumed I would have to see a baby drown. Yeah, that would be, that would suck. Instantly quit and uninstalled the game. Not necessarily scary, but it's the first game I've ever quit because of an uncomfortable situation. I've had a lot of games that I have quit because of uncomfortable situations, but all in all, just in him saying that, I yeah, that sounds pretty horrific. And Morgan, who goes by the Twitter handle Dark Ridden Soul, said, Outlast, for most messed up and best jump scares, Silent Hill 2, for the best atmosphere and story, gotta throw Dead Space in as well, good mix between horror and action. And I've heard a lot of uh, about Dead Space. I played a little bit of it. Um, that game did freak me out because of the mechanic of having to... Um, dismember the monsters to effectively kill them it kind of reminded me of uh resident evil how the zombies were never really dead until they bled out so like you know like in in playing resident evil for the first time you shoot down a zombie and you probably run by it but then it grabs your leg and starts biting you and it's like because you didn't effectively kill it um so yeah like dead space was one of those games where i was like i don't think i want to play that because you know, there's a lot more to the mechanics that I don't think I'd be able to handle on top of, you know, breathing <laughs> in outer space. So, yeah, I I, I would totally agree. Um, what's one of my favorite uh, or one of the scariest games that I ever played um, still remains to be Fatal Frame 2. Uh, Fatal Frame 2 was a was a game by Tecmo, came out around the same time that The Ring came out. And I thoroughly recall um, seeing them and playing them respectively in tandem. And I didn't sleep for weeks. I didn't turn my lights off in my apartment for weeks. And it was just a bad thing. And I think one of the scariest scenes that I I had witnessed was, um, I believe there's a scene where your sister um, has her hand on your shoulder in comfort. And then you put your hand on her hand to console her but then she walks by you I think she walks in front of you so it's basically like whose hand is on my shoulder and it's such a it's such a creepy scene it's just like yeah and that's a game that um that I got to a certain point and I just refused to play it anymore it was just too scary um you know I I couldn't fathom fighting monsters with a camera obscura it just wasn't enough, you know. I I was just like, no, it, and and it's really different when you're not fighting monsters, but you're fighting uh, spirits. So that was something that just freaked me out. Fighting spirits with a camera, and you know they'd float and get close, and then they'd grab you, and it was just uh, every time they grabbed me in the game, um, I just got a shiver, and I mean goosebumps, and 
it was like one of the worst experiences. And I and the only way that I've seen through that game is with the beautiful power of YouTube. I've actually seen the entire series played through on YouTube. Thank you for all the heroes who are braver than me in the instance of these scariest games. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of More Than a Podcast. I really actually had fun with this episode because I enjoy talking about you know, particular subjects, but when I'm able to kind of ping pong around and talk about different things, it really uh, lightens the, you know, the situation for me. So it doesn't make me feel like I'm just bogging everything and dragging it down just by talking about games. So, you know, I like to throw movies in there sometimes, television shows, Netflix, whatever it is that entertains us as people. I like to bring it up. And if you feel like you want to hear me talk about something, please, uh, I would Love if you guys reached out. Again, my Twitter handle, if you ever want to reach out to me on Twitter, is at MoreTAPodcast. That's at MoreTAPodcast. Or if you're more the emailing type, you can always email me. My email address is email at morethanapodcast. That's email at morethanapodcast.com. Well, that's it. It's over. It's a wrap. Curtain down. And do me that favor, you guys. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.